Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network Size Broadcast. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network Size Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom, which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the sciences of life and the sciences of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you are being able to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to the Dr. Jewel's Brain Balancing Program and more. With your host, physician and surgeon, microbiologist, preventive medicine and hygiene physician, and Surgeon General, Dr. Jewel Pope. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neural nutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. Greetings, everyone. How are you? And thank you for calling in to your Universal Support Group Show. And today we are speaking to you about purpose. But before we get started, of course, I want you to always welcome our facilitator in residence who's training to have her own universal principal support group in her town, Miss Felicia Mohammed. Welcome, Felicia. How are you? Greetings. Namaste. I am great. How are you? Okay, I'm fine. You know, I'm just uh, looking at the, all the wires I'm twisted up in here, but it's just wonderful. <laughs> it's just great. So many things are going on here. So, you know, those who tuned in to us last Wednesday, they know that we talked about self-love. And, of course, yeah. that's a very, very broad topic, and we have a lot more that we're going to talk about in relationship to what love is and loving self looks like but also Mm -hmm. to purpose. Purpose is the key for each and everyone's life, and just like everything else, it has different levels. Right. finally make the apex of what it is that you're discussing, we're discussing what reality is about, we're going to break that down. So without uh, further ado, our sponsors are going to be talking to you in just a moment, and then we're going to be coming back talking about purpose is the key and bringing greater insight into love and self-love. 
So don't forget yes. now, the last half of the show, we'll give you the number. You can call us at 347-215-9531. Yes. And we'll tell you when to call us because we don't want you to block your line up for 20, 25 minutes. But just write that down so when we say, we'll answer questions now, you can just come right in. So we'll be right back after this message. Be right back. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders. HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Okay, well... Miss Felicia, yes. here we are again, another Wednesday, and we are yes. uh, continuing the discussion on love and the relationship to one's life purpose. Now, you know, I wanted to interject here some things that we didn't discuss last week okay. about self-love, and I just wanted to make sure that all of our listeners clearly understand what our definition of love is. Okay, yes. now yes. let's take it from a more quantum perspective. Okay, from a quantum perspective, quantum perspective means that we're talking about the subatomic state of reality. Okay, the quanta. Mm. And so from that perspective, everything is now what? Light. Everything is light. So whether it's the car that you're sitting in or, you know, the... Uh, smoothie that you may be drinking, <laughs> you're sitting in and you're consuming light. This is so important mm-hmm. to get that. Okay? So, therefore, then what is love? So, if the car that you're sitting in is light and the smoothie you're drinking is light, the person who's walking across the street in front of you is light, then what is love? Obviously, it's light. It is light. Mm. Love mm. is light. And then now, what is light composed of? Photons, little teeny, weeny, weeny, weeny subatomic particles, and they compose all the space that you're sitting in. So you're always sitting in light. Amazing. Always sitting in love. Wow. Always. Mm. Right. And so, therefore, then, what is love? Love, from the quantum definition, is the capacity to hold the light particles together, the quantum particles. So you're always in light, but when you decide, I want a new car, by the quantum definition, your focus on having that new car, which allows you to see the color, allows you to see how many passengers it can see, how fast it could go, that is love. So the bottom line about what love is, it's focus. It's desire. And your willingness to hold on to the vision is 
love. It is the force that allows those light particles to come together and vibrate together to such an extent that it becomes dense. And that density is what we call mass, and mass is what you define as your reality. Yeah. So that says a lot then about people who are constantly amassing drama. Undermining of the self and a lot of other things that they see basically break up communication, break up relationships, separate mm-hmm. people. To the quantum world, that is the force, the love that you are using to bring that into reality. But we know what happens. It's short-lived, it's uncomfortable, and eventually when anyone is exposed to that use of the mind for any length of time, it becomes destructive. Destructive. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is a definition and a new insight into the physics of existence that is just now being taught to us, just now in the present being released to your consciousness. So we have this perception of love based on what? What our environment has taught us. What Mm -hmm. we're able to sense from the body. But we Mm -hmm. really are not able to understand how we can create at will and if what we are thinking and seeing is really the type of love that we want. That we desire. We're yeah. Still thinking mm. that, yeah, we're still thinking that, you know, somebody's got to give it to us. We can't have it for ourselves, and we've got to do all kinds of things for people to give it to us. No, that's not correct. That's not how it really works. So that when we recognize that we are desirous of something, from ourselves or someone else, etc. That is love. You're using the light that creates all reality, but did you really want to do that? And that's why now learning how is the end result of how we're using our thoughts going to affect the reality that our thinking just by itself is going to create. Mm-hmm. And so when people then accuse other people, oh, you don't love me, and this, that, and the other, and that, you know, how come you can like her and love not me and whatever else, they don't understand that how could something so cosmic, so ubiquitous have any preference, per se, for anyone or any group that is able to hold a focus? No, everybody's thinking all the time. So love does not have limitations, as a lot of people think. So to take that to the next level, okay, how can you love one person and not love everybody else? Because it's all about light and what you focus on. But the light itself doesn't work that way unless you put the limitations on it, and this is a real issue. So how do we conduct ourselves through this, et cetera? Well, as I looked over and out into our world, I recognize that there's a lot of information 
that we're not aware of that would give us a greater finite use, uh, a more healthier use of our thinking processes. Okay, so it's like to ask a person, for example, to just only love you when everything is love, okay, then what about everyone else? Okay, so they're to not be thought about anymore because that's what you're asking. You're asking a person not to think because Mm. just the capacity to think is love to the quanta world. Do you understand that? Isn't that something? Yeah, that is something. That when you, yeah, when you think, regardless of what it is, that's love to the quanta world, and that's why the quanta is going to be magnified to your thought. And give you now, once you that think thought, about. Mm. Uh, right? So once that thought uh, collects enough light unto itself. Mm. It's going to get denser and denser and denser and manifest in your world. So just think about people who are thinking about bringing harm to others. In the quanta world, that's love. But then as it gets denser and denser and becomes more of a reality and someone then thinks to the extent, focuses on that until they allow their body to be the vehicle through which that action will be executed has created that whole experience. And then in this realm, at this level, there are reactions and actions that will be taking place relative to that behavior. Relative to that wow. behavior. Right. It's a, it's, it's, <laughs> and, and it was all done, and check that out, it was all done in the name of love. In the name at the of quanta love. level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And just and to so add that, mm-hmm. that word ubiquitous, so in the audience, mm-hmm. I'm giving you all the definition because when you, you listen to the show, you, you want to know what the words mean. So ubiquitous means present, appearing, or found everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Okay, go ahead, Doctor. So therefore, right. So therefore, people say they didn't mean it. That really is not accurate. It's not accurate because there's no way that a event can manifest around you or through you if you were not contributing or the complete origin of the event via your thinking. Your thinking. Wow. Right. Wow. To the quantum world, your thought is love, and that's why they basically gravitate to it. And then it finally becomes dense enough where it then now becomes physical. So a good example, very simple example, I don't know if people really eat jello a lot like uh, we used to as a child, but, you know, Mm -hmm. you have the hot water and then you have the powder (laughs) and you mix them together and you stir Uh it up and it's, it's all liquid, and then you just let it sit, and then it gets upon and within itself. It gets thicker and thicker, and the liquidity of it is diminished. It becomes more solid, more solid, more solid, and depending upon how much, quote, gelatin you put in it, it can literally get almost as uh, stiff as a brick that you can cut it with a knife 
here it is, right mm-hmm. before your very eyes. It starts out as liquid, okay, and then mm-hmm. it gets jelly-like, and then it gets stiff as a brick. It takes on the whole shape of the vessel that you mix the water and the gelatin in. And then you can actually take it, cut it, and then throw it, <laughs> and it depends on what it hits, it won't even it won't even separate. It'll keep its shape. Keep its shape, yeah. Right. And that's mm. what happens with your thinking. That's what happens with your thinking. It starts out very fluid. We call that plasmic. Okay? And then as you continue to hold the thought and hold the thought and hold the thought, it gets thicker and thicker and denser and denser. And then by the time it takes on the actual shape of your thought, it now is physical. Mm-hmm. And you brought that into this dimension and to the quantum level because the quantum level doesn't deal with what we perceive as right or wrong or good or bad. It's just a right. thought. And so, therefore, love. it's like, wow, to the quantum, to the light particles, it's like love. Look at that. Let's go together. Yes. So they're all <laughs> gravitating, gravitating, gravitating. And this is what they precipitate at this level of reality. Okay? And so, therefore, now you're looking at the quality of your thoughts and what they manifested. Yeah. In yeah. the name of so-called love at the quantum level. Isn't that something? Yeah, I look at love a totally different way now. OMG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, let's take it to a new level because you want to talk about purpose here, okay, right. before our sponsors come up. Yeah, we want mm-hmm. to take it to a new level. What is now going to happen is the fact that we have to look at brain function. Now, this took me a long time to learn, Ms. Mohammed, and so as you are here learning and listening, et cetera, you're going to have to recognize that in the members of your support group, that mm-hmm. everybody's coming in with, you know, two arms and two legs and feet and hands and one head, et cetera, they are seeing reality differently. Totally and they're all yeah. seeing reality differently because of how the brain has been formed and shaped by two things, three things. They're thinking at the moment, their environment, and the thoughts that they inherited from their family. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're always contending with with everyone. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking at, okay, how is their brain functioning based on the moment, their environment, and then what they inherited from the family? Yes, yes, I hear some of you. Thoughts mm-hmm. are inherited. <laughs> yes, they yeah. are. Very much so. Okay. And we know that because I've heard quite a few women like, yeah, you know, my little nephew, it's amazing. You know, he's only... Six months old, and I tell you, he's acting just like his aunt. <laughs> now he only the little body only been activated, you know, activated for six months, but everybody can recognize that behavior. Mm-hmm. Acting just like his aunt. And oh, don't let him get older. You got ways just like your your mother. <laughs> People say that to right. the You acting just like your grandmother used to act, okay? And the little child is only four years old, like what are you really talking about here? And they <laughs> you know, they never right. met the person. But already right. you've identified 
their gestures, their behavior, all that stuff. Because, yes, we do inherit it. Mm-hmm. Now, this known as epigenetics, but most people don't really know much about that. It's not really put out there uh, on the TVs and the radios and the magazines because it's going to move everybody to a whole new level of understanding mm-hmm. who they are, why they are, and why they behave the way that they way do. they do. Yes. Right. And yep. so, therefore, family lineage is critical here, okay, for you to understand that if you come from a history, for example, you know, very common. I'm the first generation of people that I know of, and when I say I, I'm not talking about me, but I'm just saying an individual who's got on the TV, whatever else, and they say I'm the first generation of people who have ever graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's a mindset. That is a mindset that all of these generations prior to you, they never went to college. And it would be very interesting to be able to go back and get the history of what that perception was about relative to every individual who made a choice not to do that. Right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to find out what that's about, Okay. Because it was something intentional. It was something that was uh, they call incidental, secondarily, or what was it? Everybody's always been in the in the family business, so their education came through apprenticeship, being in the yeah. family, working with the family, et cetera. And they're mm-hmm. carrying it on. So therefore, mm-hmm. you know, going to a, an institution to learn something different was not paramount or necessary. So. We have to look at what are the people saying when they make these statements about family lineages or even institutions because it's a mindset. It's how the brain has been used that we are talking about this. So therefore, right. now wow. we go into um, purpose, okay? Okay. Yeah, before so, we do that, though, spon- Dr. Jewel, let's okay. let our sponsors mm-hmm. hear from us. Yeah, let's hear from our yeah. sponsors. Yeah. Okay. All right. Be right back, you all. What does the 21st century hold for you? The opportunity to create all you desire in this 21st century is awaiting you in Alaska. Come join Dr. Jewel and the world-famous Stephanie South from the Law of Time in Anchorage in Farbanks, Alaska. September 17th through September 23rd for a total life-transforming experience other than Northern Lights Aurora's. Visit www.juis.education or call 770-383-2112 for details. Okay, so Ms. Mohammed. Yes. Ms. Felicia. Yes, yes. Can you give us a definition here of what you perceive purpose is? Yes. So what I perceive purpose is is knowing my reason for being, my role, why am I here, and what do I have to contribute to this universal existence, okay? So when I was looking at the manual, our Universal Principal Support Group manual, and in there, it was talking to us about to master the game of life, there is no more valuable step you can take 
than to become aware of your life's purpose. So when you can answer the question, what is my individual role in the universe? What is my individual role in the universe? And we hear that all the time. People say, why am I here? What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? When you can answer the question, what is my individual role in the universe, you benefit fully from the beauty, the power, and the perfection of our magnificent universe. So well, as I you know, growing up, that's what, that was my question, and I got some answers, that's for sure. <laughs> so you will get answers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let me say a little bit more about that because now this is critical, and this is why we have so many people that blow it, okay? Yeah. Because, for example, I can uh, definitely testify to the fact that many people who uh, decide to uh, destroy their physical bodies, because you mm-hmm. can never kill yourself. You, you're a life force, a being. So you, you, you are immortal. You can never die. So therefore, when you make your physical body so weakened, poisoning it with drugs or you know mortally injuring it, you're still very much alive, and we look at why would you basically bring harm into and onto your tool that is here for you to master this dimension. And what we find is that when we look at the lives of many of these individuals, they did wonderful things for other people. They made astounding discoveries, and they gave incredible gifts to us, but now totally accepting that that was their purpose in life, they couldn't, and they really didn't understand that it was because they were so busy looking for a specific thing. Thing, yeah. And yeah. so they they yeah. miss it. So it's like everybody's saying, this is wonderful how you did this and you did that and look at what you built and look at what you shared with us, et cetera. And the person goes home every evening feeling as though they didn't do anything. Mm. And they still asking the question, why am I here? You know, what is this about? Because they're not feeling it, feeling it, they think, from the inside. But they are manifesting it. So we and have that's where that self-love comes in, right? Yeah. We have many great yeah. people that have done wonderful things, and they mm-hmm. still don't get it. That when you have the capacity to bring light, excitement, a sense of purpose, beingness, and gratification to others, you've been on purpose, very much Mm. so. Mm. So what is this little teeny seed that you're looking for in the sand when the sand is the reality, (laughs) okay? (laughs) You keep looking for this little teeny needle here in the sand, and everything else is just dismissed when the saying is really what it's all about. And this is why it's so important to do what? And I find that people don't have balanced brains. They will always do this to themselves, that they will always miss the obvious, that they will not be able to be accountable for the relationship of everything else as they're going through life doing incredible things and never appreciating it. 
And, of course, they're polite and they'll say, thank you, thank you. We really, you know, we will take this award and, you know, we're in the newspapers and whatever else. But when they leave the notes after they've destroyed their body, they'll talk about how lonely they were. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I just hope that, you know, you'll forgive me, but, you know, I'm just tired of not whatever. And they've been Mm -hmm. doing it all the time. All the time. So, Dr. Jewel, let me ask you. Let me ask you, when you talked about that sand, what would what would what would an example of the sand be that one could relate to in their life that they're just overlooking? Well, I think that you know a vivid example that anybody could tune into and get a, a stable history of their life would be a person like um, Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Okay. You know, Miss Spade. You know, everybody's got a purse, mm-hmm. and they're waiting in line to get them and all this kind of stuff, et cetera. And, you know, she's over here in the corner in her life, in her mind, whining about one thing. But mm. look at all the other things that she's been able to do and bring gratification to people that she just never even has to meet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because she was willing to see a vision and reproduce it and share it with everybody. Mr. Bourdain, it's the same thing. He's gone all around the world. He's eaten in these restaurants. And, you know, for example, you know, he started out with a, a very uh, sparse existence. He has, has, he says, very little about his parents. You know, he started out here in the corner in, in a restaurant as a dishwasher. And he decided, okay, let's do some cooking. Started cooking. Everybody's demanding that they get his meal, the one that he cooked. So then he goes and starts a restaurant. They love it, cookbooks, everything. And it's just continuous explosion, just like roses continuously budding on the rose bush. And the rose every year, every cycle gets bigger and bigger, more uh, aromatous. Etc. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. now people mm-hmm. are paying him to go all around the world, go in everybody else's restaurant, kitchens, sit with them, find out what the latest. He's going all around the world, meeting all these wonderful people, their circumstances, whether it's just a little meager bowl of soup or, you know, some great big, yeah. you know, 13 service. He's taken the whole gambit of cuisine, eating, socializing with people over meals, learning about mm-hmm. their culture, looking at how they live, mm-hmm. how they grow the food, everything, to a whole new level. That is the actual sand, the desert that I'm talking about. And you're still yeah, digging around here looking for one little needle. Mm. Wow. This sand was very much on purpose. All the people who, for whatever reason, whether they have poor health or, you know, just can't think that the reality that they could basically wind up in China, you know, in Beijing eating this and over here in France eating that, et cetera. But he was able to allow them to have an experience with those places that they would never have been able to have on their own. So he's enriched the lives of tens of millions of people. What a great reason for being on the planet that is what we're here about because when we enrich our lives, we then are enriching all the other humans' lives. 
Yes, we are. Whether we can identify yeah. it so vividly as he did or Miss Spade did, the point is that purpose is always associated with sharing one's love with everyone else of your species. Everybody's purpose is that. And so it doesn't matter whether it is very much contained or whether you have that uh, wonderful opportunity to be very visual and vivid. So we constantly are finding out about people who discovered this or we found out that they wrote that or they were the ones that were responsible for this particular paper that I love or the pen that I love to write with or the shoes that I wear. Eventually your purpose is going to touch everyone. And so just your willingness to do what you love doing genuinely is your purpose. So for myself as a physician, you know, nobody would have ever told me I would have been the chancellor of a university. I did not go to med school in consciousness thinking that I was going to be one of the founding mothers of reminding you that you're immortal, of reminding mm-hmm. you that this is a natural state of your existence, and mm-hmm. setting up a university to teach you how to finally be more of the natural innate qualities that you inherited. Oh, nobody could have told me that when I went to that school <laughs> decades ago. Are you kidding? I was like, are you crazy? No. But my <laughs> willingness to recognize, and that was the first thing that really touched me in med school, when I looked inside that body in gross anatomy, Mm-hmm. When they when you pull that skin back and I looked at those tissues and I looked at how they were attached and how so many things were laying together and how they were functioning, it was the most incredible work of art I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And wow. I knew, I knew that there was a consciousness that was just awesome that had the capacity to put this together. <laughs> you want to call it God or Allah or whatever, uh-huh. that mind was awesome. Yes. Awesome. I was yes. like, what? Look at this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I'm just telling you. And then when you take a slice of the gross anatomy and then you go to microscopic examination of all of these mm-hmm. tissues, it's amazing. It even gets more awesome. I mean, you just have to almost back up off the microscope. Wow. <laughs> it's like I cannot wow. believe that this is how my liver looks, that these cells that are making my bile, that are making my glucagon, that this is how they look. Amazing. Look at the architecture, the structure, the shape. And then don't even teach you about the physiology of the chemical reactions that are going on in these little teeny tissues that you have to magnify to see. Who thinks like that? That was my question. <laughs> Who thinks like that? Okay. Who is thinking like this, that they can make this gross organ, and then when we break it down and look at it under magnification, all these little cells are doing this? And they all are complete within themselves, and they have their mm. own little digestive tract and their own little batteries and their own little manufacturing plants and everything. One cell. Wow, that, that light. Wow, that love. Wow, wow. Mm. Exactly. And, I'm and like, that is and us. <sighs> right. So they have, so each little cell <laughs> then has its own 
library inside of itself called the nucleus. And we don't even know how many software programs are on those chromosomes inside the nucleus of the cell that is the personal library for every cell. Good God The cell doesn't have to go anywhere to get any kind of information it needs to process your will. Do you understand Mm. that? Every Mm. cell has an infinite library of software programs folded and packaged up so incredibly on the carrier, which is a chromosome, that it can go within itself, check it out, find out what they need to do to do your will. Every cell. And then Mm. every cell is synchronized because they all committed to this one particular purpose, which is an organ, okay? Every organ has agreed to do this one particular thing. Yes. The kidney mm. has agreed to do this, the heart this. So, but each cell is separate on its own. But it's keeping their agreement so that as an organ, you get one collective result. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And that's that what is cancer so is. Awesome. Cancer, yeah. That's what cancer is. Cancer is like, and check this out. Now, this is what I discovered, and I want somebody to prove me wrong, is that when we start having this deep composition of our tissues, and then we start getting these rogue cells, okay, Mm -hmm. that somebody Mm -hmm. tells you that, okay, you've got cancer of the liver. Well, what are they really saying? Now, my interpretation of what love is from the quantum level, okay, which we know all these light particles are attracted to thoughts. That's the love. That's the bond. Right, right. And they will continuously gather to make that thought physical, Mm -hmm. okay? So then when we go inside the body and we look at an organ that now some of the tissues have gone off into their own thing, what was that about? What thought was that that now some of the tissues in the, for example, liver have decided to do what? Jump ship. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not going to do this anymore. Okay, y'all do your own thing, agenda. I'm going over yeah, here. They got right. agenda now. <laughs> right, they got, I'm I'm doing my thing over here now. Okay, right. what caused those cells to basically not want to keep their agreement? Why did they not want to mm-hmm. keep the purpose? And see, what I think is so awesome about the fact is, is that these cells, among all the other cells who have decided to keep the agreement and stay on purpose, are so tenacious that, you can't hardly kill them. <laughs> and we find out that we really can't. That's why if we take these cells out of the body and just give them uh, some food to eat, a place to stay where it's warm, and they get adequate light, they grow forever. They grow forever. Mm. Exactly. That's my point. Now... <laughs> This is the same cell, check this out, this is the same cell that went rogue in your liver, okay? You take Uh it out of that environment and you put it in a neutral place, they're fine. And then what happens? You're like, okay, we'll see what happens if we put them on this this template. Okay, well, we're going to make this template the shape of an ear, see what they do. So you take the cells and you, you know, plate them as we call it, 
over the template of an ear. They grow into the ear. Ear, wow. And that's how we found out that, like, we can reproduce tissue and organ parts. Now, this was the same cell that went rogue in your liver, okay? We put them in a neutral place, and they calm down, okay? We then say, okay, let's see if you can, you know, make a new ear for us. They grow because they're in the geometry of the ear, and they make a new ear. Non-cancerous. And that ear, right, exactly. Yeah. And that ear now can be sewn onto somebody's head, and it is perfect. Wow. So now that is why we know that thought is the mother of everything. And that's why we know that if we take tissue that is not being constantly influenced by certain qualities of thought, they are not rogue. They don't cause confusion. They will conform. We have to understand this is a cancer cell, and we took it out of that environment, and it calmed down. All it needed was just some food, heat, proper nutrients, and they're still alive, 80 years old. Well, we got this illusion that because you're 80 years old now, you can't change and conform and be as purposeful as you were at age 21, which is incorrect. So we take the 80-year-old cells and put them on a new template shaped like an ear. They make a brand-new ear. Wow. Because the purpose, mm. the purpose for all of us is to express our love, that is, our thoughts, our thinking, in a way that not only promotes our expansion, but also is a light, a gift, an expression of love for everyone else. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter whether we're out in the public eye. It's just the fact that if we love our thoughts, the light loves those thoughts, and everything and everyone else composed of light will experience the benefits. So whether the purpose is, Mm. right, which is a thought. So a thought, right. Radio show to help others with their diet, you know, to make uh, and express the new technology in you that most mm-hmm. people are not aware of because all technology comes from the human body. Everything that you are looking at comes from the human body. These uh, computers that are sitting in front of me, what is that? That's a quarter of one neuron of your brain. That's what a laptop is equal to. It is mm. not even equal to one neuron in complete capability. Just a quarter, they estimate, that a good laptop here, you know, with 500 gig hard drive, that kind of thing, that's one-fourth of one neuron, and you have 80 billion. Wow. On that, our sponsors want to share some information with you. Oh, my gosh. Think about that as we go to a station break. Mm. Purpose is the key. Okay. You are listening wow. to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neuronutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain. 
nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. Okay, well, we were just talking about that neuron, right? Uh Uh-huh. Right. So I'm sitting here with a couple computers in front of me here, and I'm only using one half of one of one of my neurons here to get this show to you all, to get this information to you all. See, this is what we've got to start recognizing and never let anyone strip you of the identity of what you're dealing with in your life at all times. You're always dealing with yourself. Yeah, so when we yeah. talk about purpose and the meaning for one's life, you've got to get clear on that. Right that you right. are always dealing with love. You are always dealing with the opportunity to see what your thinking is going to manifest for you. So then what is the purpose of you having this incredible body, the purpose for you to be able to think, and it manifests? These are the questions that you basically want to answer. Now, I just want to give one more thing here because purpose is a biggie, and I think that we're going to yeah, do purpose is. part two next week, okay? We're okay. going to break it down a little okay. more for you in the, in, in, individually, okay? Yeah. But you've got to get it over to you here that a thought in the quantum world is love. Now, the key here is are you going to be able to deal with your thinking in this physical dimension? And see, this is something to think about. I'm going to leave it with you because, you know, we want you to ask us questions, et cetera. A person thinks, I need some cocaine. Okay, I need some, you know, crystal meth. Okay, I need what all this other stuff, the crank and all these other things that they think. <laughs> and what do they do? They Their thoughts manifested for them. Yeah, they get it. See, they got to get this, that if I think it, it's going to come. Mm-hmm. And now you got to be responsible for that. You know, so it's amazing to see these people before and after. You know, the skin just goes to pot. The hair, the you know, the geometry of the body, you know, the, mm-hmm. the geometry is lost, okay? The shape, size, muscle dwindling, everything. And this is your thinking. And this is reflecting your perception of love. A love is a thought in the quantum world. And so when it finally condenses enough where we see it play out here, then it's a person who's using drugs, expressing their best interests relative to their sacred temple, relative to mm. the effects that it has on their children, their relationships, and, and, and most of all on them. On them, yeah, yeah. Right. So, therefore, the question would be to ask the person, if a thought is love, what are you seeking to think that you have a need to put into an incredible sacred temple, a drug, or a chemistry, or a food of any type Mm -hmm. that in its amount will destroy it? Yeah. That's some responsibility. So, I think that's right. But again, responsibility. Yeah. <clears throat> thought and the meaning of one's life determines the purpose. 
determines the purpose. So when we look again at Mr. Bourdain's life, so he decides he don't want to do dishes anymore. But that helped a lot of people, all the people who came in there and, was, uh, you know, service at that restaurant. They all appreciated eating out of a clean dish. Mm. Now, they probably never went back there and shook his hand and said thank you for making sure that the food that was served in here was clean, but he he served all those people. 